feels mighty good in this place. I'm glad I'm in an apostolic church tonight where we still preach the apostles' doctrine, which is repentance and water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and the infilling of the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is still the greatest gift you can ever have, the greatest experience you'll ever experience. Aren't you thankful? If you got it, why don't you shout, I got it? You got it, why don't you show that you got it? Turn it to, to Romans chapter 1. Amen. Romans 1 and 7. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach tonight. I would love to preach so the Holy Ghost is here. Holy Ghost is going to still be here while I teach. Amen. You're not going to fall asleep. And to you it may seem like I'm preaching, but to me I'm teaching. So it's just a matter of opinion, I guess. Uh, but I, I feel I, I felt this for several days now to teach this word to you tonight. I can't get away from it. I've tried to ask the Lord to give me something else. He wouldn't give it to me. I was like, Lord, are you serious? You really want me to preach this tonight with all these visitors that's coming, with all the new people? Yeah, you got to preach it tonight. So I'm just going to be obedient to the Lord. Is that okay? If it's not okay, I'm going to do it anyways because it's. I know that's the right thing to do is to obey the Holy Ghost. Amen. Romans 1 and 7. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to read it one more time. That's, that's the whole verse. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to take my title from that text right there, and the title of this message tonight is called to be saints, called to be saints. We're going to dig into what it means to be a saint of the Lord. Let's lift our hands and let's pray. Lord, we thank you. For your word, God, we thank you, God. I pray in the name of Jesus that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I pray, Lord, that you would orchestrate my thoughts tonight. And I pray that you would, would speak the rhema word of God through my lips. Anoint my lips of clay to declare the word of the Lord, oh God. I pray that you open up all of our ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. Our eyes to see what you have to show us. Our minds to understand it. And our hearts to receive it and believe that it is from you, oh God. Give us the faith to receive the word tonight and to put the word of God into action. I pray the Holy Ghost move, oh God. I trust not my own ability, for I'm not able without you. For without you, I can do nothing. But Lord, I'm praying tonight that the Holy Ghost will move, that the Holy Ghost will flow, God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, take over, rule and reign, and we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name, clap your hands one more time and give him a shout of praise tonight. 
Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, we are called to be saints. I find it very interesting that the words disciple and disciples are mentioned many times from Matthew to Acts, but after Acts, it is never mentioned again. Disciple and disciples mentioned many times from Matthew to Acts, but after Acts, it is never mentioned again. The word disciple is mentioned 29 times in the New Testament. The word disciples, plural, is mentioned once in the Old Testament in Isaiah and 244 times in the New Testament. Just in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts alone. That's a lot of times for the word disciple and disciples to be mentioned. Amen. And so we see that the term disciple and disciples is a very important term. But the last time both the word disciples and the word disciple are mentioned, they are both found together in the same verse, and that is in Acts 21 and 16. It's never once directly mentioned again after Acts. After Acts, we see a new word arising as the predominant word to describe the church. And that would be the word saints. Everybody say saints. Our opening text, Romans 1 and 17, mentions us being called to be saints. We are called to be saints. Tell your neighbor, you're called to be a saint. The word called here in the Greek is the word kletos, and it means appointed, called, or invited. It is an invitation to become. We are invited to become. We are appointed to be saints. We are invited to become saints. He has called us into sainthood, each and every one of us. Somebody say amen. So that would beg the question, what is a saint? Let's, we're going to look at it in several different ways. The Oxford Languages Dictionary cites the word saint as a person acknowledged as holy or virtuous and typically regarded as being in heaven after death. That's what the Oxford Dictionary said. It also said in the Catholic or Orthodox churches, a person formally recognized or canonized by the church after death, who may be the object of veneration and prayers for intercession. You, you, did you understand what that means? That means that, that they would glorify this person so much after their death that they would say, you are able now to pray to them and intercede to them. I would beg to differ. I would say that's probably not a saint. Part of the canonization process of the Catholic Church is that this deceased person must have performed at least two miracles. That also is a very poor definition of saints because anybody that has the Holy Ghost can perform a miracle. And the Bible talks about in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, that many will say unto me, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in our name and in thy name cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? That word, those words, many wonderful works is actually better translated as many mighty miracles. Therefore, again, let me, let me continue. He says that people will come and say, I've done these mighty miracles. And then he would say to them, depart from me, 
you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. Now that doesn't sound like a saint to me. If they're not even going to make it to heaven. So to say that you, if you have done two miracles, you are now a saint. That also is a poor description of a saint. Some may consider that a saint is one that has passed on or went to heaven. Or that the angels in heaven are saints. I've heard all of these things. Yet again, poor examples for the New Testament clearly calls the people of God saints. I want you to scream it out loud. I am a saint. In the Protestant denominational world, perhaps anybody that is deemed a believer could also be deemed a saint. But then you have the problem with calling one a sinner and one a saint. Saint and sinner are not opposites. You have saved sinners and unsaved sinners. We're all sinners. So yet again, that is not a good proper definition of a saint. In our apostolic circle, now it's where it's going to get a little hard. Traditionally and often subconsciously, some may consider a saint one that is faithful to church, pays their tithes, honors their pastor, dresses holy, and lives a good life. Now don't be ashamed because I'm going to raise my hand too. Have you ever thought that's what a saint meant to be? Was meant to be? That's what it means to be a saint. You can raise your hand. That's fine because I thought the same thing. Those things are good and necessary. I don't want you to ever get me wrong when I say that. You need to go to church. Somebody say amen. amen. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. As the manner of some is. You need to go to church. That means you don't need to just be watching it online as well. You need to be amongst the body of Christ. You need to go to church. But just because you go to church doesn't make you a saint. You need to pay your tithes and offering. The Bible says if you do not do so, you are cursed with the curse. But if you will do so, you are blessed. And the Lord said he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there's not room enough to receive it. Somebody, does anybody in here believe in giving? I know I believe in it. You need to honor your pastor. The Bible says to submit unto those that have the rule over thee. Somebody say amen. You need to dress holy. For the Bible says that I am holy. Therefore be ye holy. We got to be a holy people. Come on somebody. We need to be holy on the outside and holy on the inside. We got to live a good life. We've got to be Christians. Somebody say amen. Those things are good and necessary, yet still I think there's a little more. The Greek word translated as saints is the word hagos. It means sacred, physically pure, morally blameless, religious, consecrated, and most holy. So to define, to simply define the term, we would say a saint is one who is holy pure, and consecrated. However, I would venture to say this term in and of itself holds more weight to it than what may immediately meet the eye. And you'll see by the end of this lesson how it all comes together. But after some thought and consideration 
after much thought and consideration about the fact that disciple and disciples are no longer mentioned after Acts 21 and 16. And after considering that in the first chapter of Romans, right after Acts, we are called to be saints. I feel like it is indicating a deep truth that many for centuries have overlooked. A truth that is no secret to those that are hungry, but often is not seen. This is the truth. You ready? You cannot become a saint until you first have learned to be a disciple. Somebody say amen. You cannot become a saint unless you have first learned how to be a disciple and how to make disciples. Amen. Amen. So by the time the church was being called saints, we see it three times in Acts 9, once in Acts 26, and then thereafter many, many times throughout the rest of the New Testament. They were, by this time that they began to be called saints, they were already deeply into the discipleship business. You understanding where I'm coming from right now? Discipleship was strongly engraved into their church culture. Just like Pastor Vasquez is trying to engrave it into this church culture, culture that we are supposed to be disciples and do what? Amen. And so discipleship was strongly engraved in the church culture of the original Book of Acts church. But now they were moving ahead and they were going to another level and they were attaining to become saints. Now, I need you to hear me clearly tonight. I'm not talking against discipleship at all. I'm talking about discipleship. If you do not have discipleship, you will not reach saintship. Amen. Saint status comes after disciple status. And true discipleship eventually produces true saintship. I believe that's why Jesus taught discipleship first. So that it could develop us all into saints. Just as the pattern was in the New Testament. All of Jesus' teachings still apply to us. Can I get an amen? amen. They're not Old Testament. They're transitional to the New Testament. He came to fulfill the law and to give us a higher law. So when Jesus said to go ye in all the world and make disciples of all the nations, it still applies to us. The apostles learned the concept of discipleship first. It was engraved in all of them. Perhaps it became so second nature that they didn't even have to hammer it like we do. They didn't have to preach it as hard as we do because it was just a given that a saint was a disciple maker. Maybe that's why the term disciple began to disappear off the scene. Because even Paul, I need you to listen, even Paul reiterated this, the discipleship pattern when he said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's a discipleship pattern. And when he told Timothy to teach things, teach the things that Paul had taught him to other faithful men who would teach others also. It was, a, it was a chain of discipleship. Paul, Timothy, faithful men to others also. Four generations of discipleship. Still, the, 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 the mindset and, and mentality of discipleship, the pattern was still there in the epistles. But now a new and better term was being used to define them. 
the disciple makers who are now being called saints. Amen. And so I would like to stop and say a disciple of Christ doesn't stop at being a disciple of Christ. A disciple of Christ is continually pursuing more. Everybody say more. I gotta have more. That is the mentality of a disciple who is on their way to becoming a saint. I've gotta have more of Jesus. I've gotta become more holy. I can't stay where I'm at. No matter how long I've been here, I've gotta have more. I'm moving ahead. Amen. So, my takeaway from this study is that you cannot be a saint unless you're first. A disciple maker, period. The people in Romans and from their own and even in Acts would have never been called saints if they had not first become disciple makers. Hence, I give you a very accurate definition of a saint. A saint is a disciple maker who has gone to the next level in pursuing Jesus Christ. Sanctification, consecration, and holiness. I repeat it one more time. A saint is a disciple maker who has gone to the next level in pursuing Christ. Sanctification, consecration, and holiness. Somebody say amen. amen. Does anybody want to be saints tonight? Does anybody want to be a saint of God? Now I'm about to, I'm about to get on something. I, I, I feel like the reason God wanted me to preach this and teach this tonight is so that we can have a proper understanding of who we are and who we ain't. Can I be Southern? <laughs> he wants us to understand that we're not just pew sitters. We're not just consumers. We don't just come to church for us to feel good. We come to church so we can become better and go affect the world. That's a saint. That's a saint. A saint's not somebody that's just attended church for all their life but have never changed and never helped anybody and never done anything for the kingdom of God or contributed to the kingdom of God. That's not a saint. But a saint is somebody that's sold out to God, that's pursuing God, that wants everything God has for them and will do whatever it takes, that they'll crucify the flesh, that they'll die to themselves, and they'll do whatever the Lord has called them to do. They realize they're called to a higher level. Do I have anybody here tonight that realizes you're called to a higher level. You're not supposed to stay where you've been the last 10 years. You're not supposed to stay where you've been the last five years. You gotta move ahead. You gotta grow stronger. You gotta grow deeper in the kingdom of God. So I wanna talk about our, our term that we throw around so loosely, the word seasoned saints. In my study, I have realized that our term, a seasoned saint, is not once mentioned in the Bible. Not one time. Not at all. So for us to declare such a strong proclamation, the truth would have to be that these seasoned saints were superior veteran disciple makers. Or, I'll define it even more, skilled, prolific, proficient, experienced Disciple makers that have gone to the next level and are continuously pursuing more of God. That's a saint. That's a seasoned saint. 
Are you hearing me tonight? Seasoned saints is not a term that we should be using for washed up, dead church members that haven't done anything for the kingdom of God in years. Besides show up for church and receive for themselves. It's not a term that should be used for people that could have been, that should have been, that would have been, that ought to currently be, and that ought to be becoming. Are you hearing me? We, if we call someone a seasoned saint, they ought to be a skilled, prolific, proficient, experienced, well-versed disciple maker who has gone to the next level in their walk with God and have never quit pursuing more of God and have never become lax in their relationship with God but they're continually praying and searching the word and continually growing and becoming more holy you don't just arrive at a place of holiness you don't just get your dress standard right and now you're automatically holy you have to continue holiness the Bible says perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I, I want to tell you today, you'll never become perfect in this world. You'll never perfect holiness. There's always room to grow. And so you see what a saint ought to be, but sadly, that's not what we've traditionally meant when we're calling someone a seasoned saint. We actually have judged that more so by their faithfulness and long-term long church attendance. Perhaps even further, their tithing and the way they look on the outside. And I want to tell you tonight, I believe strongly you can debate me if you want to debate me. That outward holiness is absolutely biblical. Everything that we are teaching and preaching is absolutely biblical. I would love to do a debate with you and try to, try to find out if you, can, if you can twist the scripture enough to make me believe. You're not going to make me believe. But what I want you to understand is that, that as important as outward holiness is, just because you have the outside looking good doesn't mean the inside is good. There's a lot of people that look prettied up on the outside. They look holy on the outside. But on the inside, it's bad. It's rotten. It's a, it's a wrong attitude. It's, it's hatred and bitterness and unforgiveness. and All these things that they hide and they cover up under their suit and their tie. And they, they cover up under their long skirts because they don't want to see what's on the inside. So we can't judge a book by its cover. As much as we would like to, we can't. But none of these things which I mentioned, faithfulness, long-term, church attendance, tithing, outward appearance, none of those things indicate any kind of true disciple-making whatsoever. You can do all of those things by merely showing up to church and going home and just abiding by those simple rules. And you are not doing anything to contribute to the kingdom of God and the growth of the kingdom of God. Besides contributing money. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But you're not putting any physical effort. You're not becoming a hands-on disciple maker. Are you with me tonight? And so we say that because they are faithful, they're a saint. We can't say that unless we are saying it. And now you need to be in the Holy Ghost in this. Unless we are saying that they're faithful and judging it 
according to the way the word of God defines faithful. I'm going to be turning to Matthew 25, 14 through 30. If we are professing what it truly biblically means to be faithful, then they are a true saint. And what it biblically means to be faithful is to be fruitful. Everybody say fruitful. fruitful. True faithfulness always brings fruitfulness in the kingdom of God. Right. To be faithful is to be fruitful. Right. Now everybody in here wants to hear thou good and faithful servant. I want to hear that. When I get up to heaven, I want to hear thou good and faithful servant enter in to the joy of the Lord. But we need to know what it is. <laughs> we need to know what it is to be faithful. So here we go. Bear with me and, and listen carefully. The Bible says in Matthew 25, 14 through 30, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To every man according to his several ability. You need to understand that. God gives you talents, ability, gifts, and entrusts you with things according to your ability. He will not put on you more than you can bear. He puts on you what he knows you can handle by the grace of God. So when you hear me preaching about this, I'm not saying everybody has to be a preacher behind the pulpit. Not everybody is given five talents and that much responsibility. But some are given four talents, three, two, and one talent. But whatever God has given you, use it for the glory of God. So he gives, gives to every man according to his several ability. And straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Too often we're hiding the talents that God has given us. We're hiding behind insecurities and fears. We're hiding behind things that... That shame and guilt that holds us back. And that is exactly what this man did. He went and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received the five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. Here it is. His Lord said unto him, Well done. Thou good and Thou good and One more time. Thou good and Servant. Thou good and faithful servant. Now I want to pause here and say, he, he says unto him, well done. Well, everybody say well done. If you want to hear well done, you got to do well. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful. 
Thou good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hadst not strawed. And I was afraid. Isn't that too many of us? We have the ability, we have the gifting, we have the talent, we have the money, we have whatever it is that God has given us. But too many of us are afraid. He said it, at least he admitted it. He said it, and I was afraid. And when hid thy talent in the earth, Notice it said, thy talent. The talent, the ability, the gift, the money, whatever God has given you is not yours anyways. So who are you to hide his talent? Amen. I'd rather preach, but the Holy Ghost told me to teach. I'll go teach. Because I knew I'd get a bunch of this. Amen. That's okay. Thou oughtest therefore, here's what he said. Now let me, let me back up. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reaped where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. He said, he said first of all, thou wicked and slothful servant. Did you notice the difference? To the others that had done something with what God had given them. He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Unto the man who received the talent but hid it because he was afraid. He said, thou wicked and slothful servant. He didn't even acknowledge his fear. He just said, you're wicked and you're lazy. Thou wicked and slothful servant. Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather." Where I have not strawed, thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. In other words, if you knew that I that I sow or that I reap where I have not sown, and I and I can make something happen out of nothing, and I can create everything out of nothing, you had no reason to be afraid because you had nothing to lose. Because even if you go out there and you lose it. I'm still able to use it. I'm still able to make something out of it because you're willing to do something with it. God would make it happen. He said that thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers and then my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. With usury. You know what that is? That's interest. I should have received my own back with interest. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents for unto everyone that, that hath shall be given and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant, the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. He did not deny that he was a servant. He simply said that he was wicked, slothful, and unprofitable. And then he said, cast them into the, into the outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
The one that was wicked, slothful, unprofitable, and unfaithful was the one that was called so because he had no return on his gifts. The other two were saints that had continued pursuing more. Everybody say more. But the last one was not a saint, even though he seemed to be a saint. He came to church with the rest of them. He lived in the same place. He did the same things. But he hid the talent, and he had no return on his gift, and therefore he was not faithful. So again, I say, if we're going to call a saint a saint because they're faithful, it better be that we understand what faithful means. And faithful means to be fruitful. Because otherwise, if we define it any other way, we're deceiving people into going to hell, thinking they can hide their talent on a pew, thinking they can hide their gift on a pew when God has given them something to use for the kingdom of God. We cannot be deceiving them and saying they're faithful just because they come to church. I'm thankful you come to church, but do something with your gift. I'm thankful you're a servant, but be a faithful servant. didn't put his gift to work and gain any interest. Therefore, he was unfaithful and unprofitable. Faithfulness in God's eyes is fruitfulness with what he has given us. I need you to hear it loud and clear. Faithfulness in God's eyes is fruitfulness with what he has given us. And I want to ask you tonight, have you been faithful? Have I been faithful with what God has given me? Because we're to be his good and faithful servants. That, my brothers and sisters, is a saint, a faithful, fruitful disciple maker. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The problem is people think that if you're converted, faithful to church, and simply don't sin, you're a saint. It's not true because Everybody has been given a gift, the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power to become witnesses. And if you're letting the Holy Ghost just sit inside of you and you're hiding the power within you, even though you're coming to church and you're living a holy lifestyle, you're not being faithful because you're not being fruitful. Somebody say amen. I'm not coming here with harshness. I'm coming here to expose the lies of the enemy. And I'm coming here to give revelation and understanding that we are called to be saints of the living God. And if we don't continue to push the mentality of discipleship, be disciples and make disciples, we'll never produce true saints in this church. Because again, I'll reiterate, you cannot be a saint unless you first are a disciple maker, unless you are first being fruitful and doing something for the kingdom of God. I know this eats wrong in people's flesh, but I need you to crucify the flesh and put the, the flesh on the cross tonight and surrender to God and let God use you in the gifts that he has given you. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. True saints are 
consecrated disciples who go and make disciples. And so our mission as a church is what exactly will lead us to being saints. And that is to be disciples and make disciples. <laughs> Hallelujah. In that sense, you may think that, that maybe we should be saints making saints. That's not the case. He said go make disciples. Actually, the, the, the fivefold ministry steps in to help make the saints. That's the, the, the pastor, the prophet, the evangelist, the apostle, the teacher. All of these come in to help make saints. The Bible says that, that the, the, he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. We're here to help you become saints, which means we're here to help you learn to be faithful and fruitful. That's exactly why I'm up here. I couldn't escape from the mission that God put me on. I'm here on assignment. I wanted to preach something else. I really wanted to preach about the blood of Jesus and just have a good old shouting service in here. But the Holy Ghost kept putting this on me. And he said, you've got to tell them what it means to be a saint of the living God. And so here I am ministering unto the saints that you will become true saints by being fruitful and faithful unto God. Amen. Amen. And so when we're talking about producing saints, that's where the fivefold ministry comes in. But when we're talking about producing disciples, that's where the body of Christ comes in. Everybody is a disciple maker. Everybody is a minister of some sort. Whether you're behind the pulpit or you're behind the table at lunch with somebody, you are a minister of some sort. Everybody is called to ministry. But the problem is, the problem is, and the reason we, we have this mentality that I've described as saints is because we come from a contributor mentality to a consumer mentality. We, we, we have mission drift, and our mission used to be to save the lost, but now the Mission becomes, I want to stay saved. That's all. Mission drift. Everybody say mission drift. Well, our, our mission becomes not to save souls, but to make sure our souls stay saved. But by you merely focusing on yourself, you will lose your soul. Because it's not about you, it's about others. Amen. I was going to do a show of hands, but I don't want to embarrass anybody. But I will ask you. Actually, I do want everybody to raise your hand on this one. How many go to church weekly? Everybody in here tries to go to church weekly. How many pays your tithes and offerings? How many tries to dress holy? How many try to worship God with, with absolute liberty? In the presence of God. Now, I'm not going to make you raise your hand for the rest of these because it might be embarrassing. I don't want you to be embarrassed. How many pray every day? Don't raise your hand. How many are praying every day? And not just praying for your needs, but praying for others. Praying for the kingdom. How many read the Bible every single day? 
so that you can learn the word of God, so that you can be a disciple maker. Because you're not going to be able to, to disciple anybody if you don't know the word. I'm not asking you to raise your hands on these. How many give Bible studies frequently? Part of the disciple making. How many are Sunday school teachers? How many are be free teachers? How many are jail ministers? How many are life group leaders? And I want you to ask yourself this. This is my last question. How many can say that you truly are a disciple maker? And as you think about that, am I really a disciple maker? Have I, have I done anything to help make disciples? I want you to now ask yourself, am I really a saint? Because if you answered no to the previous question, then the answer is no to the second question. Am I really a saint? Because to become a saint, you first have to become a disciple maker. Amen. I want to use somebody as an example tonight. I'm skipping some notes. I'm almost done. The music wants to come. And we are going to have an altar call. Holy Ghost is about to move in this place. But there had to be a realness and a, and a, and a conviction settle in this place. I want, to, I want to use Sister Joanna as an example of a saint. I, I'm going to show you why. She didn't want this. I didn't ask her for permission. She can get on to me later. She's my great aunt. She can even get a switch out if she wants to. That's okay. But I want to use her as an example. Not only has she been faithful to church, but paid her tithes and offerings faithful, uh, always dressed holy, lived a holy life, was a Christian, all these things. I believe she's 86 years old. She's the treasurer of the church. She's a greeter at the front door. How many times have you been shaking? Shake, you shook hands with Sister Joanna. Raise your hands on that one. My goodness. Look at all these people. Because she's out there trying to make a difference. Trying to help make disciples. And on top of that, she's a mentor. She's a mentor to many people. And, and, and if she's a mentor to you, I want you to lift your hand. But I know she's a mentor to me. She's mentored me in many ways. Sitting out on that front porch. Whether she knew it or not, we'd be rocking chairs. And she, she'd mentor me and help make me into a better disciple. Help me become a saint. Are you hearing me? She's a prayer. She's praying every day. She reads the Bible every day. I, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble over this. I, I'm sorry, Sister Joanna. I love you. She reads the Bible every single day and once throughout the whole year. She's 86 now. If anybody knows the Bible more than anybody else, it ought to be her. She's had plenty of time to learn the Bible, but yet... Despite her age, she's reading the Bible every single day and trying to read the Bible throughout every year, the whole Bible in one year. Real life example of a saint that's trying to make a difference, that's trying to prepare themselves and trying to reach the lost. Another example would be when she came up to the altar on Sunday and she worshiped her heart out. As great as she could. She couldn't run the aisle. She couldn't dance. She couldn't do backflips. She couldn't, she couldn't spin and roll on the floor. 
But she gave God everything within her. We need to be able to honor a saint that's a saint while they're alive, not just wait till they're dead. We're not, we're not ashamed. Well, that's, that's right. We need to give glory to God for what God has done. She's searching the scriptures. She's knowing, she's wanting to know more about God. She's wanting to know the Lord on a greater level. And that is the mentality of a saint. She's up at the altar worshiping God, pursuing God, loving the Lord. I remember it was the song, I love to praise him. I love to praise his name. I just want more of him. And, and Sister Joanna has never quit loving the Lord and never quit pursuing the Lord and never quit seeking more of God. She never settled down and said, well, this is not for me anymore. I'm too wise. I'm too old. I want you to know something. You're never too old and you're never too wise. There's always room to grow and there's always more of Jesus for you. And one last thing, and I'm coming to God her gift of praise and there was interest she gave her praise and God got that praise back to him with interest, with usury because when she gave her praise the whole place exploded in worship because she was willing to give of her gifts what little she had, she may have had one talent if you talk about worship she's not capable some of us have been given five talents. Some of us have been given ten talents, but we worship on a level one. We pray on a level one. But we've been given five talents and ten talents. And we, some of us even hide that and don't do that. So tonight, this is an invitation to become. We are called to be saints. With all that we have spoken about, Let's bring it back to the definition of the strongest importance. A saint is one who is holy, pure, and consecrated. It is true that a saint is one that is holy, pure, and consecrated. But one cannot become holy if he is not passionately and consistently pursuing the one who is holy and becoming like him. And Jesus was the ultimate disciple maker. He had 12 disciples. I wonder what would happen if all of us had 12 disciples behind us. I wonder if all of us had 12 people that we were impacting and, and, and helping become a disciple of Christ. That's holy. Becoming like him. Becoming like him. So again, I say a saint is a disciple maker who has gone to the next level in pursuing Jesus Christ, sanctification and holiness. A saint is one who is consistently and faithfully pursuing Christ and becoming fruitful. And ultimately, to be a saint is to be like him in every way. For he is holy. He is holy. The altars are open tonight. But I'm inviting you tonight to become a saint. I've not preached with hype. I've not preached with some kind of 
crazy energy tonight. I've, I've taught the word of the Lord. But let the word of the Lord be sown into good ground tonight. And bring forth much fruit. Are you a saint? And are you going to start pursuing God with everything within you? And not just deeming yourself faithful, but being truly faithful because you're truly fruitful. Come on, it's time to pray tonight. It's time to pursue God tonight. Pursue His holiness, for He is holy. And for you to become a saint, you must become like Him. This is an invitation to become right now. This is an invitation to become. We all have some room to grow. We all have some places that we need to go deeper in God tonight. Come on, right now, lift your hands and begin to pursue God right now. Begin to reach after God right now. God, I want to be fruitful. I want to be your good and faithful servant. I want more of you. I want to be holy. I want to be just like you. You're called to be saints. You're called to be saints. Will you answer the prayer? And will you be his good and faithful servant?
about y'all, but I'm leaving this place tonight with a hunger and a desire. I want to go deeper in God and want to go deeper in what He has for the church. So if, if you're with me tonight, I pray that we can, we can pray one more time that God would set our hearts for discipleship. Maybe that you'll gather with me. Lord, thank you for the word that you've given us tonight. I pray you would continue to further in us, God, the mission of this church, Jesus, that we would be disciple makers. God, we would go God, we would reach each and every soul that we can. God, God, use us. God, pull out the potential that you set on this church. God, continue to use us, Jesus. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Um, as far as announcements go, uh, of course, we have that service Friday night at uh, JNCC. I believe it's a youth service. And then, of course, we have... Uh, not a youth service, I'm sorry. Uh, it's going to be a mission service, sorry about that. Um, so used to the youth services over there. And then um, no life group tomorrow night as far